everybody. Welcome back into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. My name is Mac, and thanks for coming in for the newest episode. So, uh, wow, last week's episode, man. I am so happy and so thankful to Brittany Parisi from Parisi Law Firm in New Jersey. Uh, that episode last week, you know, we filed the motion two days before Christmas, and I was able to get my kids for Christmas. It was awesome, man. It was so awesome. So thank you to everybody who reached out to me uh, regarding last week's episode and everybody who commented on my posts and everything, man. I could not have done this without you. Um, I could not have done this without you guys. Um, you know, I as far as the GoFundMe page goes, thank you to everybody who donated. Um, I will say, like, I'm not out of the woods yet because the trial is still coming. It's less than a month away, and Brittany and I are preparing for that. So uh, if you can, guys, I really would appreciate if you would donate to the GoFundMe page. Um, you know, the lawyer bills don't end. And, uh, you know, Brittany and I are, are working together, but, um, you know, it's got to get done. Court fees, you know, lawyer fees, all that kind of stuff. It's got to get done. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in bad shape financially, but good, good shape emotionally. <laughs> um, let me tell you a little bit about getting my kids last week. So uh, when I went to... Um, I picked the kids up from the police station last week, and uh, so I get there, and I get in about 15 minutes before they get there, and I go to the dispatch officer uh, in Pleasantville, as you guys have come to know, my ex lives in Pleasantville, and I said, listen, there's a standing restraining order against me, and uh, my next is on her way with the kids. I said, I would need a police escort to accept the children, and so the dispatch guy goes, okay, and he calls a cop. Cop shows up, right? He comes out and he goes, just so you know, you're being recorded. And I go, just so you know, you're being recorded too. And he goes, what can I help you with? And I said, do you remember me? And the police officer goes, no. I said, you testified in my case a couple weeks ago in court. And he looked at me and he goes, okay. He's like, what can I do for you? And I was like, uh, well, I have my next coming to drop off the children. I have a standing restraining order against me. I turned around and I locked the door to the police station. I said, she's not coming in here. And the police officer said, okay. He goes, that's fine. He goes, I said, I need you to accept the children. He goes, listen, we do this all the time. I'm not going to stay here. He goes, I got other things to do. He's like, you know, with the restraining order in place, he goes, just don't communicate with her. And he said, you know, you can accept the children and, and that's it. He goes, we do this all the time. I go, you don't understand, man. I was like, you know, you don't understand right now. He's like, listen, I got better things to do. Like he told me straight up. And the fact that he doesn't even remember me, there's four cops in the town. You don't remember me. You, you were literally at my hearing to, to testify a couple weeks ago and you don't remember me. I bet you he did. But I recorded him saying he wouldn't help me. And then I look out the window and my next pulls up and, um, you know, the cop, I said to the cop, I said, they're coming out of the car right now. You're really not going to help me. You're really not going to help me. And he's like, all right, fine. So he goes out and he just stands there and, uh, you know, my next goes, hi, Merry Christmas to the police officer. I'm like just rolling my eyes. And I turned on my video camera and I said, I'm videoing this. I don't care. So, um, you know, and then she goes, "Ugh, he's recording. And uh, I'm like, hell yeah, bitch, I'm recording. Like I have to record you because if nothing happens, you'll say something did. So I always have to record. So um, the kids get out of the car screaming and crying, um, which looks terrible, you know, in front of the police officer. It looks like they're scared of their dad, but their mom has brainwashed them to think that they can't get out of the car, right? And uh, Or they can't go with their dad. 
And they come over and they're hugging me and they're crying at the same time. And I said, come on, guys. I was like, I got surprises for you in the car. And uh, my daughter loves Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and my son loves M&M's. So I had those waiting for them. And then, so listen to this. So we're driving, we're heading to my place to open up Christmas presents. And my daughter goes, I have to pee. So I said, okay. And I pulled over to the side of the road and I pull into a gas station. And my son goes, I see mommy. And I was like, no, buddy, a lot of cars look like mommy. That's not mommy, right? So I pull into the gas station. I get out of the car. I get my daughter out of the car. I turn around. It is mommy. It is my neck sitting at the gas station. I go, oh, shit. Oh, shit. I go, everybody get back in the car. Get back in the car. <laughs> so the kids get back in the car. And I'm just watching in my rear view. I flipped on my camera. I don't think she saw me, but I saw her. And I flip on my camera and I took a recording. I didn't turn around, but I took a recording of the rear view camera window just in case she says something happens. You know, Jesus, man, it's like a movie. It never ends. So uh, whatever, my daughter, you know, we went to the bathroom. And you'll remember from last week's episode um, one of the things, one of the allegations that my next made is that my daughter is, I mean, I'm sorry, that my son is so afraid of me that he defecates himself when he's around me because he's so afraid of me. Um, so I said to my son, I said, Hey, what's the deal with mommy saying that you're going to the bathroom in your pants? I said, what's the deal with that, man? I was like, you 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 gotta, you gotta, you gotta work on that. And he goes, I know I did it yesterday with mommy. And I was like, Oh, you did it yesterday with mommy. And he's like, yeah, recorded that too. So, <laughs> man, it's funny. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, it's just I, I I can run circles around her with evidence, um, and it, it sucks that this is the life I live that I record my kids all the time. But it is, you know, I have to because I just get so much good stuff. Um, I feel like a true podcaster, and it's a little embarrassing. But yeah, it's not necessarily great parenting either. But I have to do what I have to do. So anyway, went to the bathroom, um, drove to my place. We opened presents. It was absolutely wonderful. They were so happy. And uh, my son goes, um, Daddy, I'm hungry. I said, okay, what do you want? He goes, chicken pizza. I said, oh, you eat chicken pizza now, huh? He goes, yeah. I said, all right. So uh, I ordered some chicken pizza. And as the pizza's on the way, typical kids, they go, Daddy, can we go to New York City? I was like, I just ordered a pizza. What do you mean? And they go, yeah, well, I, I want to go to New York. I was like, all right, well, listen, the pizza's on its way. Scarf down a slice. We'll get on the train and we'll go to New York. And uh, we did. We went to the Christmas tree. I posted a picture of the back of my kids staring up at the Christmas tree. And I'll tell you, that was a moment, man. That was a moment for me. Uh, I fought long and hard for that. Um, to take them, you know, like I mentioned many times, that's right where I work. And I took them to the Christmas tree. And, uh, you know, amazing, amazing. It's, it's hard to even find the words to, to say how, how wonderful that was. Um, and, uh, you know, there's the Lego store around there and FAO Schwartz, which is a huge, um, a huge toy store that my kids, it's the Home Alone 2 toy store from Home Alone 2 uh, when they're lost in New York. So my son loves that because he loves Home Alone. Um, got ice cream. We got the whole thing. And it was, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Kids are not scared of me. Um, so also part of this court motion is that I am allowed um, to... FaceTime calls with the kids uh, during which would have been my, my weekly dinner date, uh, but they're FaceTime calls. And uh, so I've done two now. One one of them went perfect, uh, but they were in the car. Uh, my next, it seems that she wants to do them in the car, I guess, so she can be present. Um, it's something, you know, me and Brittany are going to talk about, my lawyer. Um, 
So anyway, uh, they said they were on their way to ice cream and we had like a 45 minute conversation in the car. Great conversation. Uh, the kids, you know, so happy to see me. Of course I record it. Um, but then the interesting thing, and I just posted this on Instagram yesterday, I did another one and, uh, I did another call yesterday with the kids and, um, they were in the car again, sitting outside of fireman John's house. And, uh, they my they were in the car and they were in the back seat. My ex was in the front seat and uh, my ex said something like to my daughter, like sit back or something. And she reached her phone in front of the camera and she's got, in my opinion, what looks to be an engagement ring on. Uh, I, I recorded it and then I froze it when the call was over to look. Nice ring. Um, but she's been with Fireman John for uh, about a year. <laughs> And like any good narcissist, those man, listen, listen, I, I predicted this. I predicted this on this podcast. I don't know what episode it was. You can go back. I said, she'll be engaged in the next six months. Boom, man. I know what I'm doing. I'm a pro at narcissism. I know it. I know it. I know it. Um, I don't feel any way sad. I don't feel any way upset. Uh, does not bother me at all. So, um, I have a crystal ball. From the very first episode of this podcast, I said, I have a crystal ball. And I know everything that's going to happen with narcissism. So, uh, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. And uh, here, I'll put it out into the universe, okay? Here's the new plan now that I'm seeing it unfold. She gets married. She wants to sell the house. She moves in with him. She has another baby. And the devaluing stage starts for him. And I know it. And I know it. Maybe not in that order. Trust me, hand to God, I know it's going to happen. Um, so anyway, I have my kids uh, this week on New Year's Day. So uh, when you guys are listening to this, I want to wish you all a happy New Year. And uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's been good. You know, this last week has been good ever since I put out that last episode. Super exciting. Um, and I hope everybody had a great holiday season. Um, so listen, at the time that this is coming out, um, I am, this is one year to the day that I started the podcast. So this episode is one year to the day that I started the podcast. Before I did, you know, I filed the court motion, which was sort of unexpected, sort of wasn't unexpected, but um, I said I was going to do an AMA, Ask Me Anything. Uh, and I, I, I forewent it, foregoed it, forewent it, I don't know, <laughs> uh, in lieu of that, uh, the court motion, because I thought that was more prevalent at the time. But um, I wanted to do the AMA today. Uh, you guys submitted a whole bunch of questions. I got some good questions here. Um, you know, a couple of these questions I had to like dig into the archive of my brain to try and uh, get you some answers or whatever. But it, it, it's cool. And I'm going to read you some of these questions. Um, and yeah, I hope you guys like it. So the first question, hold on, there's a truck going by. It's kind of loud. Um, the first question, and I love this question. It's my favorite one, so I, I want to answer it. Um, so it's at spirit, E-D-N-R-G, like the letters N-R-G, right? Love this question. Will we ever see you without the mask, okay? So a lot of you guys follow me on Instagram. You see me with the mask. And I think it's important to go back and tell this story. I, I went back and I listened. It was episode four of this podcast. And I told the story about why I had the mask and why I use the mask, right? Um, so uh, I am a big fan of the movie V for Vendetta. That is where this mask comes from. And my son watches a lot of crazy stuff on YouTube, um, you know, a lot of kids playing games and hunting for, you know, ghosts and stuff like that. And so my son was watching this thing on YouTube 
And uh, they were hunting for pond monsters. And one of the kids came out of like this pond wearing this mask. And I said to my son, I said, um, you know, what is that? You know, who is that? And my son goes, that's the game master. And I was like, oh, the game master looks really scary. And he's like, yeah. And so I said, um, you know, would you like daddy to be the game master for Halloween? And he goes, yeah. And in my brain, I'm thinking V for Vendetta because it's so badass. And I was going through all the things with my necks when I was still living at the home. And I was like, this is just a cool thing. And I love, love, love that movie, right? So I ordered a mask and my next comes out on Halloween. No, it was the day before Halloween. And she comes out dressed like a princess. And I come out with this mask on. And it was a statement because she had seen the movie with me. It was a statement just saying like, I'm not going to take your abuse anymore. I'm not going to take your shit anymore. And she had seen the movie and she, when she saw me with that mask on, I was in all black. I had the hoodie over my head and I just like, she saw it and she was like, what the fuck? Like she gave me this wide eyed open look like, holy shit. Right. So, um, but this was my statement. This was my statement. It was my, I'm going to get you back. Right. Later that night is when she filed the restraining order. My first restraining order all the way back in 2001. Um, do I know, do I think the mask had a part to play with it? I mean, in narcissist world, she would, she would argue that she was afraid of me, you know, because she had seen the movie and it's a violent movie and whatever. But yeah, so um, going back, that, that's the story about the mask. But will you ever see me without the mask? The answer is probably one day. Probably one day. I know you guys want to see the face behind the podcast. You guys want to see the face behind the Instagram. The reason that I don't do it is because I am still in, um, I'm still in my custody battle, right? And I see all these influencers, I see all these TikTokers and they all, you know, show their face. Um, and I fantasize about how to do it. Uh, I'm starting to get good with technology, you know, doing this podcast and stuff and I'm starting to get good with technology and I have this fantasy in my brain of how I'm going to reveal myself one day. Um, it'll probably be when my divorce is final or if my ex finds it. Um, but I have a really badass version of how I want to reveal myself. Um, cause I know you guys want to see the answer is one day. The answer is one day you will see my face. Um, some of you, I, I've, I've sent pictures of me and my kids, you know, through DMS. If I know that you're not my next, um, I need some sort of verification from you if you're not my ex, but, uh, yeah, you'll see me one day. You'll see me one day. Um, hopefully my divorce is finalized and sooner than later. Um, but I'm very protective of my anonymity. Um, and you know, I didn't know if I should tell this story, uh, when it comes to anonymity, the names on this podcast have been changed for protective reasons, whether you know it or not. Um, the names, the situations are all true. Hand to God, all these stories are true. But for anonymity's purposes, I have changed the names of everything on this podcast. I don't know if I was ever going to tell this story. Um, but no, my name's not Mac. Um, some of you guys are interested in this. No, my name's not Mac. I don't tell you my name. The way I came up with Mac is I was still in my home. At the time I discovered narcissism, I was still in the home. And uh, my next wasn't home and I was doing my research and I wanted to follow pages on Instagram about narcissism. And I wanted to 
not have her be able to see the hashtags and the followers that I had or, or no, who I was following, not the followers that I had. So I created a burner account <laughs> and I was in my kitchen and I was making the kids macaroni and sauce and I was just standing there and I created a burner account and I named it the Macaroni King 1447. The Macaroni King 1447 meant absolutely nothing. It meant nothing. It made up, it just, I, that's just all I could think of. It was the Macaroni King 1447. It meant nothing. I was just making my kids macaroni and sauce. Fast forward, you know, I, I got some followers and I started posting things and reposting things. And um, there were a couple people online who started calling me Mac. And then I made a post, this was a year ago, and I said, I'm going to be starting a podcast. And uh, I said, you know, who will listen? Who will pay attention? And will anybody care if I start a podcast? And uh, there was this one woman who said, I can't wait but can I still call you Mac? So the reason my name is Mac is a nod to that guy a year ago who needed this guy today. Um, some of you guys followed the Macaroni King 1447. Um, that guy saved my life because I love it. I love, I love the fact that my name's Mac. Um, it's just weird. It's funny. And uh, yeah, whatever. Now you guys know that story, and I didn't know if I would ever tell that story. Um, but I find it interesting. I find it really funny. It's so lame. It's like a it's like a 1990s screen name, the Macaroni King 1447. But I like it. Um, so that's some answers on my anonymity about my face, about my name. Um, and I hope you guys like that. Uh, another funny thing is that so um, I got a few questions from people saying um, – you know, when was the first, what was the very first thing you noticed that was like a red flag with your necks? And um, I reposted that and I did say, you can go back to my story and listen to episodes two, three, and four are my original story. Um, and then so you can listen to some of that stuff. But then I was like, all right, let me try and give these guys an answer that I haven't talked about on the podcast. And it just came to me yesterday. I thought of a funny, funny story. Um, when my nex and I were dating, Instagram, you know, when we met, Instagram was like a brand new thing, a brand new thing. And I put her onto Instagram. I taught her about Instagram. Um, and I remember this one story where um, we were in my apartment just dating. We had probably been together maybe a month or two. And um, it was in the summer. And she has this little crop top on and her shorts and we're just hanging out in the evening and we just eat I just made dinner and stuff and we're sitting at my dinner table and I love seltzer water right and uh she was sitting at the thing and I think I burped <laughs> when I was drinking the seltzer water and she's like geez or something and she gave me this look and it was you know at the time you know there were no red flags I was being love bombed so it wasn't that big of a deal that I, I burped you know like it was a joke you know fast forward to years and years later if I burped I would be told I was disgusting let me drink my coffee so I don't burp so then um we're sitting at the dinner table and she goes uh she go she heard me burp or whatever and I was like god you burp let me hear you burp or something and she goes I don't know how to burp and I was like, you don't know how to burp. And she's like, no. And I was like, take this seltzer water, chug it really hard and burp. And she's like, I can't, right? And I have a video on my personal Instagram of her chugging the seltzer water, doing this really stupid like, uh, no, like shaking her head. Uh, no, it's just not coming out. It's just, I don't know how to burp. 
It's just stupid. <laughs> it's just stupid. Like, who doesn't know how to burp? You chug carbonation and you burp. But like this, oh, I, I just can't do it. I, I just don't know how. Oh my God, so annoying. Um, so I don't know, was that the first red flag I ever noticed? Um, probably, maybe, I don't know. But I know it's like, I was thinking back and I wanted to give you guys a story of just like this superficial horse shit that she used to do where she didn't know how to burp. I thought that was a funny story. Um, okay, another question. Aside from winning fair custody of your children, what's on your bucket list for 2022? Hmm. What's on my bucket list for 2022? Well, I gotta say, man, I'm very proud of how this podcast did in a year. I mean, it's over 50 uh, countries in the world. Uh, I just today crossed over 24,000 listeners. Um, what's on my bucket list? I mean, let's go bigger. Let's go bigger, man. Let, let me, um, I wanna bring legal. Uh, advice to this podcast now that I have a um, lawyer that knows that I have a podcast. Uh, Brittany Parisi is absolutely amazing. And I really think like we can do some episodes about TROs and mediation and, um, you know, uh, divvying assets and like all kinds of shit, man. I really think I could do that. But um, what's on my bucket list? Just to go bigger. Let's go bigger, man. Let me, man, let me, uh, you know what? Let's say it on the air. Let's get some Dr. Romney on this podcast. Let's get some big names on this podcast. Let's, let's really, uh, you know, let's get the word out there. Um, you know, it says aside from winning fair custody of your children, obviously that's my number one thing. Uh, personally, what's on my bucket list? Um, man, I'd like to get into a new relationship. How about that? I'm going to manifest that. I want to throw that out into the universe. Um, yeah, I'd like to get into a new relationship. Uh, I think... All the love that I have, I gave to the wrong person, and I feel like if I gave it to the right person, it would be readily accepted. So that's on my bucket list. Um, I don't know. I hope I hope that's a good answer. Um, proudest accomplishments for 2022. Uh, this podcast. Um, man, the way I just didn't give up. I, I got to tell you, like, man, some of these days have gotten so dark. Um, you know, some of these days have gotten so, so dark and, uh, that's just my proudest accomplishment. Um, you know, my dad told me a story about a friend of his that, uh, actually drank himself to death because he went through a divorce. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of my proudest accomplishment is that, um, I just keep fighting. Um, and it doesn't mean that I'm not weak sometimes, but uh, I think you guys have gotten to know me pretty well over this last year. And um, yeah, uh, I just fight. Um, I wake up every morning and I just think I'm closer to my destination. That's what I keep thinking. I'm closer to my destination. And I've compared on this podcast many, many times uh, the feeling of going through this as being lost at sea and being tossed around in a thunderstorm in a rowboat, right? And I just, um, you know, I learned how to navigate the waves and I learned how to swim. And after a long time, you know, you start to see land in the distance and you start swimming towards that land and, and you realize, man, I'm in the water, but drowning is not an option. And I have to keep swimming no matter how tired I am. And that's, that's the metaphor for this whole situation that I really cling to. Um, because it's for me personally, like 
man, those storms were so dark and they were so hard. And, oh yeah, that's, that's my proudest accomplishment for 2022 is just about how I fought. And, um, you know, I am very proud of this podcast. You know, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm the narcissist, but yeah, I, I, you know, Spotify gave me, uh, you know, your wrapped version for 2022 and, um, you know, I'm in the top five most shared podcasts in the world and I'm in the top 10% of most subscribed to podcasts in the world. And I'm a dude in my one bedroom apartment right now, just sitting here. Like I'm, you know, I'm just some guy, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I'm thankful for my storytelling ability because, you know, I know I tell good stories, but, uh, yeah, I'm proud. That's, that's something to be proud of, man. And, uh, yeah, so proudest accomplishments for 2022. I hope that's it. Um, <laughs> favorite and least favorite thing about New Jersey. All right, if you're from New Jersey, man, uh, or if you know anything about New Jersey, I don't know. I don't know if this is gonna settle the bet, man. But pork roll is a brand. No, no, I'm sorry. Taylor Ham is a brand. Pork roll is a thing. So what is it really? I call it Taylor Ham, but I know that it's pork roll. Some of these people don't give a flying fuck about what I'm saying right now. What's my favorite things about New Jersey? Uh, Taylor Ham is a brand. Pork roll is what it is. Um, I love pizza. I love bagels. There's beauty in New Jersey, man. Um, My apartment is overlooking New York. You guys know that I love New York, but I have been nomadic all over New Jersey pretty much my whole life. And um, I love New Jersey. It's super expensive, um, but it is beautiful, man. Like there's, you know, it's not, you know, some people call it like the armpit of America. It is not the armpit of America. It is beautiful. Um, You know, it's my home. So I don't really know much different about New Jersey. Uh, Yeah, I'm glad I live here. Would I like to move out only for the sake that it's cheaper other places? I mean, it's super expensive to live here. Um... But I love New Jersey. You know, this is home. And, uh, you know, so like sometimes I have I have friends from like, you know, obviously I have friends who have moved out of New Jersey. And there's always this thing that like I watched that happen. And I was like, wow, that's really fucking brave. <laughs> like I would do it one day. Um, maybe it'll happen one day. Uh, but yeah, this is home. This has always been home. And uh, I don't really know anything different. So I love New Jersey. Um, <clears throat> oh, good question. What is adjustment disorder in plain words as you experience it? Ooh. Um, So you've heard from this podcast that I was diagnosed with an adjustment disorder. Um, What's adjustment disorder in plain words as you experience it? Well, okay. So 14 months ago, I was in a home. I was a father. I I had a home. I owned a home. I was a father. I was a husband. Uh, I had an identity. Um, and I had possessions. I, you know, I had stuff. And an adjustment disorder, listen, I'm, I'm no, you know, clinical therapist or anything like that. But um, what's an adjustment disorder is when I received that first TRO back in 2021, it felt like I was hit over the head. And I was knocked unconscious and I was just floating in the ethosphere of just, you know, I didn't know what the fuck was going on in life. And eventually 
when I came to, nothing about my life was the same. The only thing in my life that was the same was my job. And um, because of downsizing, I lost that job. So nothing in my life is the same. So what is an adjustment disorder? Um, I literally in the last year have created a brand new identity, um, an identity that I'm proud of. Um, I'm still a father. I'm not a husband. I don't own a house. Um, I'm very into minimalism um, because I packed a suitcase and I left my home and I built off of that. So that was ground zero. An adjustment disorder in the clearest way that I can explain it is um, completely finding a new identity. And it was hard. It is hard because I feel like it's still ongoing. Um, I'm still learning about who I am. Um, the, a big thing for me when I think of an adjustment disorder is how I didn't have boundaries before. And uh, I'm kind of impressed by the boundaries that I have now um, because I institute them sort of mindlessly because if I if somebody does something that I don't agree with, um, I don't like fly off the handle or anything, but I will either address it or walk away. And um, I'm really proud of that because I do it instinctually. Uh, my boundaries are strong and I think that's the only way you can move on is inst instituting boundaries uh, because I certainly did not have them before. I was a people pleaser. And uh, I think I've, I've really done a good job of instituting boundaries these days. Um, I'd love to give you a scenario, but I don't think it's appropriate. Um, what's your best advice? This is from empath underscore in underscore recovery. What's your best advice in breaking a trauma bond? What is your advice on learning to live with your traumas? Fuck. Um, okay, well, something that I did early on, you can go back. Oh, man, I want to say it's episode seven. Um, I start talking about like coping mechanisms that I have learned uh, when it comes to um, healing. Uh I had some really weird things. It was funny. I was talking to somebody recently and I was telling them, you guys might not remember this, but I had um, a thing that I did that I saw on YouTube and I started putting a rubber band on my wrist. And whenever I would think of my ex in any fashion, I would snap that rubber band and I would, um, I would inflict pain on myself so that I associated that mental pain or that physical pain with the mental pain of thinking about my ex and my situation. My wrist turned into like, like roast beef after a while. My wrist would get so red from snapping that rubber band. Um, but it was like a literal snap yourself out of it. You know what I mean? And uh, the mental pain that I was going through was far superior than the physical pain. So it really didn't do anything. Uh, it did, well, it, it helped. It helped me to realize that Dude, look at the pain that you caused by thinking about this. And it truly allowed me to let go. So if you want to try this rubber band trick, that that was super helpful. Um, I know it's kind of a you know progressive thing, whatever. But um, another thing I did, and I, I still talk about this. I, I, I talked about it with Matt Pfeiffer, um, I believe, not long ago when he was on the podcast. Is I said, create a ruminations list. Um, create a ruminations list. And what I mean by that is, Anything about your next that is negative 
that pops in your mind. I did it in the notepad on my phone. Is uh, anything that pops in your mind that's negative about your ex, write it down. Anything. Literally anything could be the stupidest thing. You know, like, um, here's a, okay, so here's a stupid story. I don't know if you guys know what cumin is, the spice cumin, but my next used to say she hated cumin, and I really like, like, Middle Eastern food and Mediterranean food, and there's always cumin, the spice cumin in Mediterranean food. And my next used to tell me, oh, don't put that in. And I'd be like, okay, because she would see me do it. And she's like, I don't like it. And I'd be like, okay. So I did like a little experiment some couple times, and I like would put cumin in and just not tell her, and she would eat it no problem. It was just her way of trying to exert control over dumb little things like cumin and spices and food. And she would eat the food you know, when she didn't know and never say anything about it and just move on. My point is, is that make a ruminations list. Make, add stupid shit like that, like the cumin story. Add that to your ruminations list. Like, I got to tell you, it's not how the real world operates. I know it's not. People just like, like, you know, if you liked your food spicy or something, you know, and your ex used to put spice in your food or something like that. It's just not how the world operates, man. I'm, I promise you. I know it. I know it. And I haven't, I haven't experienced a relationship you know, like a long-term love or relationship out of narcissistic abuse, but I'm super confident that's how it works. It doesn't work like that. I know that. So create a ruminations list. The ruminations list can be anything. could be big things, can be small things. You know, I, I put, you know, how my next's mother was at the birth of my children on my ruminations list and, uh, you know, fighting with me before people would show up and then acting like, you know, there was no problem. When you go and you see this cumulative list of all the fucking shit that they did to you, man, it's hard to want that back. It's hard to want that back. And uh, a ruminations list helped me heal from my traumas. Um, exercise helped me heal from my traumas. I walk a lot. I walk, uh, I walk a lot, man. I don't even run. I just walk and I listen to music. Music is a huge deal. You guys know I do my songs of the day. Um, yeah, music is such a big deal to me. Exercise, ruminations list, the rubber band thing, uh, helping other people. Um, we're traumatized. We're traumatized, man. And uh, you got to get a little creative and, you know, you got to figure out what works. I also know that sleep helps a lot. I realized that if I don't get a proper amount of sleep, I get cranky and anxious. Um, and I admit it and I need quality sleep. Uh, sleep is important to me. So yeah, I mean, what's your best advice for breaking trauma bonds? What's your advice on learning how to live with your trauma? Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like I'm understating this a little bit, but um, you got to be a little creative and uh, like the, you have to live with it, right? Like those traumas don't go away, you know, you, they don't go away. So um, you got to learn what works. You got to wake up in the morning and say, you know, I have my steps and this is how it works and this is how I work through it. And yeah, you know, that's it's my best, my best uh, advice. Um, all right. Doug Buggle, who was a former guest of mine, uh, asked, well, I think it was episode 16, I believe, and go back and listen to his story. What is one thing you've learned about yourself during this period in your life with the podcast? What's one thing you've learned about yourself during this period in your life and with the podcast? Good question. Um, what stands out the most um, is that I'm not alone is because I can remember so many times staring at the ceiling in our joint bedroom in bed with her while we just got done fighting for days and days and days. And she's sleeping on her side with her back to me, sleeping soundly in bed, like nothing happened. 
And I'm staring at the ceiling going, what the fuck does this person have? I know that she has something. There's some sort of mental deficiency here. And I don't know what it is, but she's got something. And just staring at my ceiling going, will I ever figure it out? Will I ever know? Um, I'm staring at my ceiling right now. Like literally I'm, I'm in that moment right now as I'm telling this story. And then like I get out and I do this podcast and, um, you know, from the very beginning, I said, I'm going to tell my story and use it as an outlet. And I want to bring you guys on this podcast and I want to tell your stories and I want to use this as an outlet for everybody. You know, that's why, uh, it's called dimming the gaslight, our healing journey from narcissistic abuse, because it's not mine. It's our healing journey. I want to put you guys all on because we're not alone. And, uh, once you really delve into narcissism and you realize the intricacies of it, you realize how textbook it is. From the very first episode of this podcast, I said it's like I have a crystal ball and I can see the future and like some variation of what I think will happen will happen. Just like I knew my next was going to get engaged. I mean, you know, I, I know in, in my next, my next would say, oh, she's wearing a wedding or she just likes it. You know, like just fucking some, some stupid shit. But, uh, yeah, that's what I've learned is that we're not alone and narcissism is rampant, rampant. I was talking to a friend of mine recently who just wanted to tell me a story and um, they were saying that, you know, their sibling was fighting with them or something and their their sibling said, you know, you're crazy and you're overreacting and it made my ears like perk up. And I was like, I'm not going to say you're a narcissist. I'm not going to point to everybody's narcissist and that's your sibling and whatever, but uh, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> I certainly don't like it. Don't call me crazy and don't tell me I'm overreacting. Um, it's invalidating. And, uh, you know, I also, there's another side of me that goes like, oh, stop being holier than thou and stop being offended by everything. But um, no, once you learn this, man, you can't unlearn it. And uh, I'm very cognizant of people's interaction with each other. And if you can't communicate in a healthy way, that's a big problem for me. So that's one thing I've learned about this myself and this podcast in the last year Doug is that um, we're not alone, and and that's an understatement. You are not alone. There's thousands, if not millions, of people, if not billions, of people out here that deal with this. And I had a great guest on here. Um, her name was Chelsea Brooke Cole, and Chelsea was giving statistics about how many people in the world are affected by narcissism. And let's just say that you know, let's say I don't know, uh, generously, one in ten people in the world are narcissists, right? One in 10 people. Well, let's say that one person, how many people do you think, think that one narcissist affects in the world? And extrapolate that by how many people are affected by narcissism in the world. It's more than one in 10, right? So it's, it's just crazy. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy how many people are affected by this. So you are not alone. And, um, you know, I hope that you've found uh, a safe place with this podcast um, because I know I have. I've found a safe place with this, being able to communicate with you guys and everything. And uh, yeah. That's what I've learned in, in one year of doing this podcast. So thank you for that question. Uh, let's see here. Have you called your ex a narc? Have you called your ex a narc to her face? And if you did, what was her reaction? Ooh, good story. Uh, yeah, I did. Uh, not knowing what I know now. Um, well, I didn't call it to her face actually. So, in the final month of our relationship, we had a mutual friend who was trying to like, well, I thought she was a mutual friend, was like trying to like play marriage counselor with us. 
And um, she would hear my side and she would hear her side. And she was just a mutual friend. And I confided in her, uh, you know, she was giving us like advice about like what we can do and how we can speak to each other and stuff as if she had any credentials to do that. And truth be told, personally speaking, I've never seen marriage counseling work. I think if you're at the stage of marriage, marriage counseling, I think, you know, that's pretty big red flag. But anyway, um, so I confided in this girl uh, about discovering narcissism. I did. And I said to her, I said, I'm not telling anybody other than you and Mo, if you remember Mo from a past episode. I said, I'm not telling anybody that about this other than you two. So I said, if this gets back to my necks, I know where it came from, right? So one day, um, at the time, I, I worked from home. So we only had one car and I would drop my uh, daughter off at daycare and I would drop my necks off at work. And we were fighting about some stupid shit in the car in the morning and uh, my next goes to me. And this was very short after I had confided in that woman that I discovered narcissism. Very shortly after, she goes, you're a narcissist. My next said to me, you're a narcissist. And we were driving the car and I stayed absolutely quiet and I knew I had been betrayed. And I said nothing, dropped her off at work, drove back home and I worked from home and I called Mo on the phone. And... Mo, if you're listening to this, I know you're going to remember this story. And I fell to the floor and called Mo, and it was my very first panic attack. I fell to the floor crying and unable to breathe when I was still in my home. And I called Mo and I said, she just called me a narcissist. And Mo goes, whoa. And I go, I know. I said, do you know what this feels like? I said, it feels like the narcissist or like a serial killer found my secret safe hiding spot. She knows about narcissism. I said, it found, it felt like a serial killer had found my secret hiding spot. And my secret hiding spot was my knowledge about narcissism. Um, but she never called me it again. Um, I'm sure that that quote unquote mutual friend sold me out. And, uh, you know, she did call, she called me a narcissist through our family wizard because I said something about Fireman John and her love bombing Fireman John. And she's like, funny coming from a narcissist like you or something. And it rolled right off my back. I didn't care. Because uh, I, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, I did. No, she called me a narcissist. I never called her a narcissist to her face, but she called me a narcissist. And uh, that was really heavy. And that was the first panic attack I've ever had in my life. I was still in my home and uh, I fell to the ground. And I couldn't breathe. And Mo and his wife were like, his wife is Nora. She's been on this podcast too. And they just were like, okay, okay. Like they were concerned. They were concerned uh, because a panic attack is serious shit, man. And I've never had them until now. Um, but wow, that's serious. And like I said, it just felt like a serial killer had find my secret hiding spot. And uh, I was terrified. I was so, so terrified. Um, okay, here's another question. Uh, what's revenge like for you? I know everyone says no revenge and living your best life is the best revenge. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I So I responded to this person who asked this question. <laughs> and I said the most fucked up shit. I said, uh, you want to hear good revenge? I should find out Fireman John's last name and sleep with his wife. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't put that on the air. It's just a joke. It's just a really bad off-color joke. <laughs> it's fucked up. But uh, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, what's revenge look like for me? Justice, uh, proving, 
you know, so my trial for the restraining order is coming up and, uh, revenge to me looks like taking all the bullets out of her gun. Uh, and what I mean by that is like every lie she tells Brittany and I, we have videos, we have text, we have audio, we have everything to prove that she is just such a goddamn liar. Um, and you heard, if you listen to my, you know, celebrate celebration episode with Brittany, she's just a liar. But Brittany said, you've never seen somebody with as much evidence as I have. And guys, I wouldn't be on this podcast sharing these stories with the whole world if I didn't have it. You know what I mean? I have it. Um, and I even have recordings of me that are screaming my fucking head off screaming my head off and shit that I'm not proud of. And I have this like fantasy one day if my next ever finds me, like she'll release those audios of me screaming my head off. And like, you know, I, I like, fuck you. I hate you. Blah, like, I hope you die. All this horrible, horrible shit I say in, in, in these audios. And, you know, we all know about reactive abuse. And so I, I've had this um, fantasy before that, like if my next ever finds this, like her revenge will be putting out those audios, but I hope you guys can see the forest for the trees and, you know, you know about reactive abuse and being backed into a corner and feeling like you have to, you know, scream and fight your way out, but I never got physical. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, but that's what revenge looks like for me is justice. I want justice. Um, I want to take all the bullets out of her gun and future justice, uh, looks like my kids seeing the bigger picture and my kids coming to me one day and saying, Hey, you know, what mommy said doesn't really add up. You know what I mean? Mommy, what mommy said doesn't add up. And, and, you know, I don't think you did this stuff. And, um, you know, I don't know. That's what justice looks like for me. Um, <laughs> this is a good question. <laughs> What's the dorkiest thing about you? <laughs> dorkiest thing about me some people would say podcasts are dorky uh what's the dorkiest thing about me okay um i watch pro wrestling sometimes i like pro wrestling and it's weird like i take like i take like year-long hiatuses for watching pro wrestling and sometimes i somehow i always just get sucked back in because it's just mindless and goofy and i find it sort of interesting and athletic and i like pro wrestling um is goofy. I mean, or dorky. Um, I like girly music, you know, like I can go from like heavy metal, like I'll listen to Slipknot, like rah, 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 rah. next thing you know, my playlist goes to Antihero by Taylor Swift. Um, that's dorky. Uh, I like Raisin Bran, like an old man. I eat Raisin Bran. Raisin Bran crunch is clutch though. I like a raisin brand. I do dorky shit. I don't know. That's a good question. What's dorky about me? Okay, so what did I say? I said, uh, I said, pro wrestling, girly music. I ain't apologizing for like an Alanis Morissette though. Alanis Morissette rocks. Uh, Paramore rocks. Uh, I don't like Taylor Swift as a person, but like her music is kind of growing on me. I love that anti-hero song. Uh, what else? No, I like girly music. I don't give a shit. Um, unapologetically. It's not dorky. I don't care. Uh, yeah. And Raisin Bran. Those are my three answers. <laughs> Good question. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. I don't know. Um, some of these questions, man, 
you know, like, what do I like to make for dinner? Like, what do I like to eat? I like pizza. I eat a lot of pizza. I live in New Jersey and New York. I don't know. Some of these questions, I mean, you're just getting, you know, you're getting to know me, actually. You're getting to know me a year later, which is interesting. Is You know, you've heard all these stories, but you're getting to know me like this. Um, so yeah, I have a call in a little while with Brittany, my lawyer to, we're going to start discussing, um, witnesses and people to subpoena. And I'm not going to talk about it yet. Um, but I have a ballsy, ballsy move on who I can subpoena for my case. Brittany and I are going to talk about it. We're going to go over my evidence again. Um, start, you know, really, truly creating our defense, um, and my trial is about a month away. Uh, February 2nd is my trial. Um, so I have some really cool ideas on where to go with this podcast, especially legal advice. Um, you know, I have a lot of people always who reach out to me talking about TROs, you know, temporary restraining orders and full restraining orders. That's that's definitely something Brittany and I are going to do. We've already talked about it. Um yeah, so uh, that's going to be a lot of this future of this podcast is, you know, I'm still going to tell the stories and I still want to bring on influencers and therapists and, you know, people like that. But um, yeah, it's going to be a lot about legal advice with Brittany. Um, uh, let me find one more question. What's my favorite episode of this podcast? Uh, I don't know. It's like choosing between my children. Uh, yo, you know what a, a super underrated episode of this podcast was, in my opinion, I had a person on from uh, the UK and her name was Tatjana Anders and she made a movie on YouTube called Your Reality about, um, it was a movie about gaslighting. I really, really liked that episode. Uh, I thought that was a really cool episode um, about somebody making a, a short film about gaslighting. Um, I wanted, I don't know if I would say that's my favorite. I mean, I have so many so many good stories on this, you know. Um, but that was an underrated episode, in my opinion. I thought that was really cool. Check that check that out on YouTube, Your Reality. Anyway, man, um, I'm going to let this go. i got to prepare for this call with Brittany. And, um, yeah, happy one-year anniversary to this podcast. Happy birthday to this podcast. I hope everybody has a happy new year. I hope you're enjoying the holiday season. Thank you for sticking, me for, sticking with me for one year of this podcast. And, uh, until next time, everybody.